Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the UW Film Club podcast, where each week we invite a member of the club onto the show to talk about a movie of their choosing. Whether that movie be good, bad, topically relevant, or anything in between, it's all on the table. I'm one of your hosts, Jim Saunders, and joining the podcast is special guest Peyton Bissell. How are you, Peyton? I'm doing pretty good. That's good. That's good to hear. You're having a good weekend. You're having a... Yep. Enjoying just sitting around campus. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's almost finals. It's it's so crazy to think about. Yeah, that. this quarter's definitely flew by. Yeah, yeah. Like we all we always say that like on the on the podcast. Like oh, we're in this point of the year, this point of the year. It feels it feels like it's going so fast, but like yeah. we're literally heading into week nine right now. This is going out tomorrow yeah. <laughs> as we're recording like, when we're recording this. So yeah, uh, Each, this whole like two months so far has flown by. Mm-hmm. And this is your first year. Yeah, this is my first year being here. How's how are you liking? being here. I enjoy it a lot. It's better than both the colleges I've been to before. Did you go to, did you do Running Start? Yeah, I did. So, this was like the big leap to actually doing something (laughs) important. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. But, uh, do you know what you're majoring in? Yeah, I'm gonna do uh, Cinema and Media Studies, actually. Look at that. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) This is practice. Plug plug the, uh, like the major. Yeah, it's a good major. They got some great classes. Actually, um, I got into basic screenwriting for next quarter. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's great. I, I really wanted to take that class at some point, but um, I'm not a CMS major, at least not yet. Yeah. So, uh, no, but you, you got a year ahead of me, though, because I'm, I'm only a, a, a sophomore still, I guess, credit credits-wise. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, anyway, uh, actually, is there anything, like, film-related that you wanted to discuss that... Uh, before we really get into it, because you were at the Irishman screening, right? Yeah, Irishman was nice. Yeah, I, I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was really good. I, I'm still a little mixed on it, and I feel really bad because, like, I, looking at Letterboxd and everyone who's who's seen it, I like yeah. I gave it like a three, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's like the lowest score I've seen anyone give it, and I'm like. I definitely appreciate it more than I do enjoy it. Yeah, no, honest. for sure. I like I I. I get what it's trying to say. Like, I get why it's so long because it's about the passage of time and just, like, how everything was so terrible in mm-hmm. the life of, um, what's his name, Frank? Yeah. Like, I get it. I, I, I respect it. I appreciate it. I respect Martin Scorsese as a filmmaker, you know, despite everything he said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, it just... It's not a sit down and have fun movie. Yeah, to say the least. Yeah, no, and it wasn't. It wasn't intending for that. Like it wasn't intending to be that. So I, I feel like I can't really f- fairly criticize it on the basis of oh, I just didn't enjoy it. But especially if you don't watch a lot of Martin Scorsese or like gangster movies like me. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't even seen the big ones like The Godfather. I haven't even seen The Godfather mm-hmm. yet. But I even knowing like references to that, like seeing Joe Pesci back. And just the uh, everybody. Being, that's one of my honest, yeah. honest to God, that's one of my favorite parts about seeing this was just seeing Joe Pesci back. Yeah, it's been freaking. It's like all like, these actors are back, and you just know what they're doing. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. really just interesting to watch. You like you have faith in these actors that they will do yeah. what's right, and, it's, and it is just a gangster movie. It's yeah. really nice to see. Yeah, <laughs> I think overall, just the gangster movies is not really for me. Like Goodfellas is yeah. is fantastic, but like I need to go back and watch all of them for I, sure. I think it like, make me like this even more. Mm-hmm. Like I, I really like Goodfellas. I like Casino a lot. I, I don't know though. Like I, I, I feel like this movie has just been like 
so hyped up to the point where it's yeah. like it definitely is the least like it's all talk about what they do in the gangster business, not what they actually do. Like th- what they actually do is such a, like a minor part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like they'll maybe show a few scenes, but the talk or beforehand is what the whole movie is. Yeah, I think the big issue to me is I felt like a lot of movie was all was up, like focusing on what they were doing, and that was. We were talking about this with in the group that we were with during the screening or post the screening, just like how we felt a lot of the plot lines were a little bit hard to follow. Oh, yeah. And I felt like the movie, there was a lot of that, but I didn't really feel like seeing those were necessary because I feel like the the major themes like really come into play in like the last third Uh where he's with his family and you see like the life with his family deteriorate because of what he does. I I think all that stuff, like plot lines relating to that in any movie, like in any like gangster movie is like the most interesting part of it is like that familial tie and how what you know these characters do impact the rest of their lives like I think that's the most interesting part but I feel like that wasn't I can't say delved in yeah. deeply it's into like they're building that's, blocks that's to wrong, get to the regular story that he, yeah. like, they want to tell not like these are what's really important yeah like so many things are glossed over and never talked about again mm-hmm. and it's all building blocks for the actual like family side Right, which is weird because I feel like knowing how good he is about like the, the our, my secret life and my family life would be good for Marvel or DC <laughs> if Scorsese did it. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the whole Spider-Man thing, mm-hmm. which is just like what I do with my beating up people secret life impacts my personal life. And mm-hmm. that's like the whole Spider-Man thing. Right, that's like literally just like the plot of Spider-Man 2 right there. Yeah. And that's a fantastic film. I would hope you agree. So I, I mean, I do. <laughs> I feel like Scorsese would definitely like pop off if he did a super. Honestly, movie. like, like I think I would have. He'd make it like not blockbuster, like Destroy Planet. He'd actually make it like a Spider Man Two again. I think. Right. Yeah. Or even if you went on Joker, I feel like I would enjoy Joker a little bit more. Yeah. Or maybe not, because like the script is the biggest issue of that movie, in my opinion, and I don't think Martin Scorsese is really. Does he write a lot of scripts? I don't think so. Because, like, I don't think he wrote Goodfellas. I don't think he wrote... Um, I know he didn't write The Departed. I know he didn't he write... He didn't write The Irishman. Either. The Irishman, because that was, like... He adapted a, that from a book. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely only directs. Mm-hmm. But he does good with him. Yeah, he's he's fantastic at what he does. Like, I'm not going to deny that, but, like, The Irishman wasn't entirely for me. Yeah. <laughs> On the other hand, Honey Boy. I actually haven't seen Honey Boy. I fucking loved Honey Boy so much. Like, it hit me... It hit me so hard. What's it about? It's essentially like a semi-autobiographical story about Shia LaBeouf's life. And it's oh, like... Oh, really? It's told... Yeah. So it's like it's written by him and directed by Alma Haral. I can't... I don't know that that's how you pronounce her name. But um, it's essentially like a chronicles like two different phases of his life that kind of occur simultaneously. And it's like when... Shia was, like, admitted to rehab, and, like, when Shia was growing up, like, when he was 12, and we see these flashbacks with um, with his dad, who is played by Shia LaBeouf, and, like, they both are incredible, like, some of the best performances of the year, and just, like, the whole movie just felt so cathartic, it felt like such, like, it felt so authentic and, and, and just real, and I love when movies just, like, they just, 
ah, they just feel real, you know? Like, yeah, it's, it's like you're not watching a movie anymore. Yeah. Like, I, I haven't felt like that since, I don't, like, maybe 2016 with, like, Moonlight or uh, Manchester by the Sea. I think Manchester by the Sea is, like, a really good comparison to this. Although it's, like, a little bit more of a comedy, but it's just, it just hit all the no- all the right notes for me. Did they mention the Shia LaBeouf cannibalism song? Oh, <laughs> uh, if only. Oh, uh, dude. If only. They didn't, though. That would be so funny if they referenced that. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. They didn't. Which, Sadly. you know, would have made it a 10 out of 10. But I still think it's a fantastic what film. What makes him the honey boy? Um, It's just like a phrase that his dad used to call him. Oh, I see. And his dad, like, was... Not a great guy. So it's not a term of endearment. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's kind of used endearingly. Like, Shia, like, as a kid, is never really treated like a victim. Like, he actually stands up to his dad. Yeah. Um, and says, like, you're a piece of shit and everything. But, um, so it's, oh, I've, I've seen some reviews that are like, oh, it's just Shia being like, oh, poor me. But, like, it's really not how it's portrayed. Like, it's just literally just like he's just airing out all of his grievances and all everything to do with you know what he dealt with in his childhood like it does it doesn't seem like a like a really self-indulgent move by him but i yeah. think i think given the context like it's, a, it's of, an objective standpoint not like just this is my problems right yeah i i, I think a lot of a lot of critics i've seen are like conflating that with uh like within the context of like it's Shia and he's had like some egotistical yeah, breakdowns, so this movie's automatically. But like no, I think I think this movie does a really great job. He's definitely tamed himself in the last few years. Yeah. Oh, for sure, for like, sure. He hasn't done any of the crazy stuff <laughs> that he's been doing. He's like he wore the bag on his head yeah. that was like, uh, I'm not famous I'm anymore. anymore. And then he funded the, like, theatrical production of the cannibalism song. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then posted on YouTube. It's crazy. What a guy. What a guy. But he's he's making a comeback, and but, I think he deserves a fucking Oscar nomination for this role and for the screenplay, but I don't think he will get it. But that's yeah. totally okay. Doesn't LaBeouf mean the meat? I'm unsure. <laughs> but that I'm, would pretty, be really funny. I'm pretty sure that's what LaBeouf means, so it's Shia the meat. Shia the Or no, meat. the beef. Yeah. So it's Shia the Beef. Shia the and Beef. And then this movie's Honey Beef. Honey Beef. <laughs> okay. Okay. Know. Just random fact that I think I remember. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you for that. I was not aware of it. Uh, but we should probably... I know you you're have a, a little bit of a curfew. We should probably get into the movie that we're going to talk about today. Yes. And that film is Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yes, it's literally my favorite movie ever. I think it's... I, I saw it years and years and years ago, and then I, I just rewatched it last night, and like it's a lot funnier than I remember it being, and it's also a lot more... What's the word? Like, wholesome. Yeah. Than, than <laughs> I remember it being. I think the closer you get to the actual age of the characters, the more... Like, you can get into it. Because I remember first watching it when I was, like, 14. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm 19 and I'm, like, getting to the age of the characters, I'm really feeling, like, all of them. When I first watched this movie, I think I was around 14. And watching it now, after having been 
in a couple relationships. Oh yeah, that's like it's like it completely changes your perspective changes on this on the entire thing. Like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. That's exact. That's exactly something that happened with me. It's mm. like as soon as you've been through stuff like that, you can see different. Like, oh, I, I totally get like what Scott's going through. Yeah, right it's now. it's like it's sad to say that Scott's like such a relatable character, even though he's a complete asshole. Yeah, because. When you look at his dilemma through, like, the window of the audience, you really feel like, oh, well, you're an idiot. Just be the good person and do the right thing. Right. But when you're actually in a position and no matter what you do, someone's going to get hurt, you don't want to do anything. Right. Because why would you want to hurt somebody? Mm -hmm. Even if what you're doing is hurting them even more. Yeah, which I think is why... Uh, I, I guess it, I guess when I first saw this movie, I didn't really truly recognize like what Scott's arc was, and I, I, I think now it's like he finally you know was able to at the end of the movie. I guess we're getting into spoilers, but like I, I guess, mean, it's from like two thousand what seven? Uh, I think ten or eleven, something like that. Yeah, two thousand ten. The grace period is over. <laughs> no, I think at, at the end he's like finally able to just actually acknowledge his wrongdoings and. Uh, which, you know, it seems like a pretty straightforward thing, but I think within the context of, like, you finally understanding, like, where that character is coming from and where the other characters are coming from. Like, I think when I first saw this, I really, I guess I missed the point because, like, I, I really wanted him to be, like, at the end with knives. Like, that's where I thought yeah. the, the movie was was That heading. was the original ending. Yeah. And then they decided to change it for audiences because they thought that people wouldn't like that which I, I at first I, I I thought I would have preferred him ending up with knives but like now it's like it doesn't feel it, right it does it wouldn't it wouldn't have felt right because it wouldn't have felt like he really would have grown I guess but like it's also yeah. kind of Ramona's arc too because it's like Ramona I feel like a lot of this movie I'm going on sort of a tangent oh, but like I feel like a lot of this movie is like just about figuratively like the the, the baggage that you bring with oh, you when yeah. you Come into, come into an, another relationship and it, then it's so like that because even Scott has to deal with it right even though he doesn't have like actual killer exes yeah like envy is such a big problem to him even a year after they broke up right but like it's all those relationships that you've had like they they, they take a place you know within yourself like you, you, there, there's a part of yourself that or part of all these relationships that live within yourself even though they're in the past and mm-hmm. it's just like that's something that I didn't really realize back back when I first watched that. But like again, it's like with ex- with like experience with relationships, I feel like you 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 get a lot of that if you if you watch this. Um, you can't just forget about somebody, right? Or like no matter what, there's always a chance they'll be back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I feel like knives is totally just like the naivete and just um. Mm-hmm. Just like the eagerness to like get into your first relationship, and then yeah. like it really is a good symbolism for like somebody going through and having a shitty first relationship. Yeah, because they the, the way she just completely like changes from like the innocent schoolgirl to like the vengeful <laughs> ninja yeah. at the end <laughs> is like yeah, that's what one shitty guy will do to you. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's really sad that is this, Knives is this, is this has to go through the whole is, thing. Is this movie Knives' Joker? Pretty much. <laughs> well, at the end, I'm glad she at least is confident. 
Because she has that line where she's just like, I'm too cool for you anyway. Yeah. Where she's getting, at least she grew from it. It's not like mm-hmm. she's in self-pity. Right. And I think that the movie does, really a, good. does a really good job at acknowledging like how much a relationship can change a person. Yeah. Um, I, and she's definitely going to be better off after. Oh, for sure. The whole experience. For sure. Which is part of the reason why I, I don't think it was a, a good idea for her to end up with Scott. Yeah, because like, in a way, like he is a fucking asshole, and yeah. she really does deserve better. Mm-hmm. Well, no, it's because because we see like at the beginning, like he's in this relationship with knives, and just because uh, he's bored, just because he's bo- like, and he's like completely uninvested in in the relationship, and and the second somebody he likes more walks by, he like completely you know stops paying attention to her at all, right? Like it, he's it's a real scummy thing to do. Yeah, yeah, without ever you know like acknowledging or like even bothering to, to break up with her because he's, like... It's he was hard. Just, yeah, it's, it's so hard. Like, he's just all uh, for himself and willing to acknowledge, like, that he needs to break off this relationship despite... Yeah. I think the saddest point for me is after the battle with the Katayanagi twins when she's in the crowd and he, like, legit almost doesn't say anything and just walks past Oh, I mean, he basically doesn't say anything. Like, yeah, he's he, just like, I gotta... He, he just bails in the same way that he did... No, he pretty much says nothing. He just says, I got it, and then... It's sad. It's like, but that's how you deal with exes in real life, pretty much. It's just like, uh, I'm not going to interact with you. Right. <laughs> it's it's. But it's sad because she didn't deserve it in this case. Right. Like, she didn't do anything to make, like, him act like it. It was completely out of her control. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's just the fact that he wasn't invested, he found somebody he liked more, and it's... Completely not in her power to change the situation, mm-hmm. but she has to deal with it anyway. Mm-hmm. It's really sad, but... Well, the point with, like, Nega Scott at the end is that Scott's, like, a bad guy. Right. <laughs> so Nega right. Scott is a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> there's, no, there's no difference with them. I, I think that's such a funny gag, because it's like... Um, it's the evil version of him. It's the evil yeah. version, and it's like... Um, he just likes brunch. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like... Have you seen those memes? There's like a subreddit that's like a two health, two health bars or something like that. And it's, it just reminded me of that because obviously this this movie is paying huge homage to like video games and video yeah. game culture. And like you see that in the intro. You see that in like the scene where he's walking out of his bathroom and it's like the hallway with the, the Zelda music. Yeah. And, um, I'm glad Nintendo gave them the ability to use all those Zelda songs. I think that's so They cool. don't do that for like anybody. They don't do that for anybody, but then they do it for... Freaking Edgar Wright. Right. Yeah, he's like, like weird. This weird indie. I feel like this is a great use of it, though. Yeah, it's not. I feel like anyone else would have really like been over dramatic with it, or like made it. But it was really good, subtle. Mm-hmm. Just like here's the song. Yeah, I think um, I think that's part of the reason why this movie is, is so beloved, at least to like a a, a big a big video subsection game. of like young adult male video game players. Yeah. It's it's really just the kind of experience of somebody like that. Yeah. Or everyone is relatable, even though they're all like assholes. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, it's just like flawed protagonists make good movies. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I was going to ask, like, I know that coming into it like today, it could be seen with a lot of like it does some offensive stuff with especially, I think, the gay stereotype. I just wanted to know somebody else's opinion about that. Yeah, I mean, there were a few lines that seemed really dated to me. Like, like the character Wallace in general. 
Yeah. yeah. Like, I love Wallace so much because he's just so funny to me. Right. But I could see people seeing him offensive. Like, when they were, Scott and Wallace were together, like, outside of the school meeting up with knives, and he yeah. introduces Wallace as, like, Hey, this is my, my gay, gay roommate. roommate. <laughs> like he's literally defined by the fact that he's gay. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't know. Like it, it's weird because I feel like a lot of this movie already has like a super tongue tongue in cheek. Like stop taking this so seriously. It's kind of tone to it, yeah. despite what it's dealing with in terms of like what it's saying about relationships. Yeah. Because it's a comedy. My thing when it comes to stereotypes is this, is just like it's the question of is it harmful to the stereotype or not. And I think that this one wasn't, personally, just because, like, Wallace is one of my favorite characters in the movie, because mm-hmm. he has some of the most memorable lines, like, the frickin', like, the Seinfeld reference scene. Oh, yeah. He was in that. Yeah. And it would, or, the oh, my God, when Knives is at the door, and he, and Scott jumps out the window, and he, like, perfectly, like, moves his head to go, oh, stop her from seeing Scott get the coat. Yeah. And then, oh my god, in the Matthew Patel fight, when he's just shouting at him the whole time. Yeah. He's shouting at Crash and the Boys first. Yeah. And then, at the same time, while he's stealing Scott's sister's boyfriend. <laughs> I think, I see, I think, I think those lines that face value, that it might seem like, oh, it's, it's, it's harmful, but I feel like Wallace is already, like, without that, a really well-defined character. Yeah. So it, it doesn't. It doesn't really feel like it's as harmful as it could be. Yeah. Like it's, and the fact that in a way him being gay is really like important to the story, because he's the whole reason that they bring attention attention to Lucas Lee is because he has a gay crush on him. Right. And then, you know, when Scott has to be evicted because he. Well, I guess that doesn't have to be. I mean, I'm not really sure I feel about that either because it's like it kind of makes him. It kind of makes his gayness a plot device. Yeah. Which I'm like. <laughs> That's a little questionable, but, like, no, I, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. I don't know. I just find Wallace so great. Yeah, Wallace, Wallace has some really funny lines. And, I mean, honestly, so does Scott, and so does... I think everyone does. Characters. Freaking, oh, um, what's, uh, Julie? Like, <laughs> how are you doing that with your mouth? <laughs> it's like, it's like, she'd just be, like, swearing, and it's yeah. just, it just actually blurs it out, and... There's a lot of really funny, like, fourth wall breaks in this movie, I think. Yeah. It's just so beautiful overall, I think. I just... It's hard to define exactly what I like about it. It's just, as a whole package, it delivers everything I'd want to see in something like this. Mm -hmm. It has such a unique sense of humor and nerd sensibilities. Yeah. That, like, it's... Like this movie bombed at the at the box office because I, I feel like part of that is because it has such a such a niche. It's in, a very far out concept yeah. for a lot of normal people to watch. Yeah, I believe. like it's on the exchange. Well, I, I feel like especially when you look at the poster, it's like yeah, no, you have no idea what it's trying to convey. Well, I think on the exterior, it seems like it's one of these like nerdy sort of weird out there like video game comedy movies and I feel like that draws a lot of people away on the inside it's like this story about these relationships yeah. and then it's like a hilarious comedy it's got a bunch of really and then some action scenes it's some, some action scenes and uh, it's just like insanely well edited and directed and 
I wish the poster didn't show the X's on it. I think that might have helped a bit. Yeah, because it's not something you're really supposed to. You're supposed know to be first, like. Right? You're supposed to be like Scott and not know who's next, or like the poster completely destroys the Roxy reveal. Oh yeah, like yeah, if she's on right. the poster. You know she's an X. So right, what is there to think about? Yeah, <laughs> did. Maybe it was because, like, I had seen this movie before and I knew the premise, but, like, did you, were you, like, ahead of the curve in terms of, like, what Scott was thinking, or or were oh. you, like, with Scott? When I first saw it, I had no idea what was going on. Okay. So I was with him the whole time. Okay. And like, I think, I can't remember exactly because it was so long ago, but I'm pretty sure I didn't get the Roxy thing until he got it. I can't remember, like, what I was thinking. Yeah, it was so long ago. <laughs> But now when yeah. you watch it, you're just like, oh, yeah, I know right. exactly what she Yeah. Because <laughs> when you're young and you're watching that and they're having that discussion, or I, I know I know for sure when I first watched it, I had no idea what the, what the back of her knee thing meant. Oh, yeah. And that completely went over my head. But right. now I'm just like, oh. Yeah, that, that's what that <laughs> is. That's what that means. That's what that is. And there's, there'd be times like before the Roxy reveal where – like he would say ex boyfriends and she would correct him. Yeah, exes. <laughs> like, it's like there you go. Like yeah, it's like why do you keep saying that? <laughs> and then Roxy shows up. Yeah, which is weird because she she came out of order originally. Like she wanted to get him before Todd. Yeah, so it was weird. It was kind of a throw off. But I think that it was just foreshadowing. The last really like funny. the last few exes leading up to Gideon. what's his name Gideon, Gideon like. They, they go by really fast. Like, oh, Roxy yeah. happens, and then the, the twins immediately well, after. Roxy happen happened, after. like, immediately after Todd. Yeah. And then the Katayanagi twins, so two are down, and then the last is Gideon. Yeah. Like, they really sped it up at the end. Mm-hmm. I think my least favorite fight is the Katayanagi twins, just because it's so fast. And yeah. And they don't get any development. Right. I, like, I, we I, don't I, even get to hear them say anything. Yeah, <laughs> we, we don't even really hear, like, what... Like the story of how or why and or, like they're twins. Yeah, I think they <laughs> ran out of space or like time to fill it in. Yeah. Or like how she dated twins at the same time. Right. Like they just they really like push that under the rug. Like they don't they don't give any development to that at all. Which but I'm like except for young Neil being like at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a funny line. Um, what about you? What is like your favorite and least favorite? X fight. Oh, I think my least favorite like, is also the twins. Yeah. Oh, I don't. I really like the Todd fight. <laughs> Just vegan police. Of the only... Chicken isn't vegan. <laughs> and freaking, I like everything about that fight is good. I think. Uh, Envy is really good, mm-hmm. uh, just antagonist for Scott, and Todd is like the perfect asshole. Right. Of just like, I'm stupid, but I can't do anything. Or oh, there's the one line, what, what's the word that she says? Uh, I honestly like, forget. And, but it's just a like, huge word, and he's, he's just like, like, I don't, like, know, the I don't, I don't know the meaning. And then it's, he's like, there's he a, doesn't. He, he actually doesn't. <laughs> or the freaking, when he tries to explain the cleaning lady quote, or the bit, where he's just like, you'll be done oh, yeah. one day. Because the cleaning lady, she dusts. <laughs> it's, so what's on Monday? <laughs> and you can see him struggle to try to get this out. Right. Or the whole vegan bit is one of my favorite things because in this world of everything is crazy, just people are, know that vegans have psychic powers. Yeah. And he's like, I meant to ask, what about not drinking dairy gives you psychic powers? <laughs> I feel like this, this movie just exists on such a weird elevated plane. Yeah. It's just... It just kind of works somehow. Like, everything... You don't know what's normal. 
in the in that world. Yeah. Because sometimes people understand things and sometimes they don't. Yeah. Like I remember watching it. I watched it last night too, and everyone's faces when Scott punches Matthew Patel in the first fight, like, everyone is shocked that Scott can actually fight. Right. Like, he can just, like, kick everyone's ass. Yeah. And that's just, like, because he's, like, he's a scrawny-looking dude, and, and then he just does that. And and everyone is shocked at the beginning, but then after that... So my question, thinking is, like, is it normal for him to beat people up like this? Because he says before that he had to do crazy shit to get Kim. I feel like we just so can't... It's so weird. We just can't it. look at it from a literal perspective because, <laughs> like, it, it's, obviously, it's obviously supposed to represent, like, him taking on emotionally, like, the baggage that yeah. Ramona has. And I think it's just presented in, like, the most fun way possible, <laughs> which is in, like, a crazy, you know, punch-out scene. It's weird to say. I think my favorite fight might be the first one with Matthew. It's a lot of fun. Because... It's just so extra. Yeah. Where he just bursts through the roof and he's just screaming at him. And, and then Ramona like, Ramona starts talking like, oh, yeah, he, he was – he like we dated in seventh grade and we only dated for like two weeks or something like that. Really and, kissed once. And then yeah. he starts singing. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Everything, especially like the choreography of what they do, especially when he asks like a good question, everyone looks at her. Or the second time when he pins him down, the whole spotlight and the whole room just looks at Ramona. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. Uh, there's so, there's so many there's so many things in this movie that that play with your sense of reality and like just what like a lot of it's like so funny. Like um, there, there's a running gag throughout the movie where it's like Wallace. Uh, he can like, magically text he, he can sister. magically text uh, Scott's sister <laughs> anytime at, at any point and so like he starts talking about how uh, Scott Scott's talking to Wallace when he first you know was starting to date knives you know and me. say it again you know me <laughs> so so okay so knives is like 17 years old and in high school and Scott's 22 which this takes this takes place in Toronto, right? Yes. So the age of consent is sixteen in Toronto, right? Yeah. Good. Wait, is it? <laughs> I I thought here I'll look. At I it. mean, they don't do anything. Well, that's the thing is everyone was like, because like his sister specifically was like, you didn't, did you? Yeah. And then he's like, yeah. Because no. I mean, I mean, it's a Catholic school, so they might be more updated about it. What is the age of consent in Canada? Oh, it is 16. Okay. So that does make it a lot better <laughs> than what uh, I thought. <laughs> yeah, because at first I, uh, returning to this movie, yeah, I was like, oh, wait, <laughs> is that okay? Yeah, I didn't think it was okay when I first watched it because, I, I mean. It's, oh, when I first watched it, I, I, I felt weird about it too, but. But, I mean, now that I know it's 16, Canada, it's a little better, which is weird because out of like. Out of all Scott's flaws, he's not a sex maniac. Yeah. Like, he really doesn't see either of them as, like, a sex object. Like, he he's more interested in just, like, being loved, really. Yeah. Which is, like, kind of wholesome in a way, where it's, like, all he wants is just someone to be around rather than someone to use. I mean, when I talked about, like, this movie being wholesome, I was thinking just about, like, how, like, all the parts where it's, like... <laughs> 
uh, Scott getting the power of self-respect. Oh, and, yeah. Um, I love that ending because every single other person would have made it like just he loves Ramona, he gets the power of love, and he wins. Right. But now it's like, no, it's like you do it for yourself. You don't do it for love. Right. And that's I think that's a really good ending. Mm-hmm. Right, I, cause I, all the all those major characters have like, a, I mean, the three like him, Ramona, and Knives have yeah. a really good have really good arcs because Scott is learning, you know, to love himself really and be a better person and to be a better person and to stand up for and actually like apologize. Yeah, like to actually admit his flaws and the like, mistakes that he. Made. I love the little thing with Kim at the end where he like he's just like I'm sorry. And then yeah. she gets, like, you can see that it makes her so much happier. All of his mistakes, he's just, like, sort of written off in the past. Like, he, him and Kim, which is, like, the, the drummer of the band that they're in, dated in high school. And uh, whenever that gets brought up, he'd be like, oh, no, we're chill right now. And then, like, when she's see, like... Yeah. Like, so she's still... She's definitely not fine. Yeah. Yeah. And him actually acknowledging that is is... A really good part of that of that ending, and also just like seeing knives be more mature at the at the end of it was was really was really nice and really wholesome, and like actually seeing Ramona, like opening her heart up again, yeah, is is really nice. Watching Ramona throughout the movie is really weird because it's hard to tell what she's really thinking because mm-hmm. she's so off put by Scott at the beginning. It's so weird to understand why she would give him a chance, even. Right, like, he, like imagine, he, he goes up and, and, and talks to her about the, uh, the about Pac-Man. the, the Pac Man line at the party, like, and she's completely. She's out. just like, yeah, and amazing. then he, he asks <laughs> her out when she's delivering him an Amazon package. Right, like she's on Which the job. He orders because he wants to see her because she's stalking or he's stalking her and knows that he that she works at Amazon. And yeah. So my biggest when I was watching the movie last night, I was like, why the hell did she agree to hang out with him? I, I, like that's such a creepy thing to do, so why would she even? Agree? Yeah, I mean, I. But the way I understood it was that she doesn't show what she's thinking, but after you know all of these people she's been with, she can see. Well, I mean, this is just speculation because they never say it, but I feel like looking at her, she sees his like sincerity and she mm-hmm. appreciates it. She doesn't like show it, but I think she appreciates someone who's sincere. Because looking at all the exes, they're all, you know, full of themselves, extra people, mm-hmm. and they, they, I guess they kind of make themselves bigger than they are. Right. Where Scott's they're like, like t- it's it's he's he's it's like, like a it's like puppy. Scott it's like Scott times like a hundred yeah. where it's it's so uh, exaggeratedly like egotistical Egot- and like and, I'm famous, I can do whatever I want. Right. You know, especially um, especially Lucas Lee. Yeah. Where it's like he's a movie star. Yeah. Yeah. And Gideon. Just like, oh my God. I'm bigger than you. I'm cooler than you. Right. And, or... I, I, I feel like those are also uh, kind of reflection. I just thought of this now, but kind of reflections of, like, Scott's own insecurities. Oh, yeah. That's totally what they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's everything that he wishes, I think. He wishes Everything he he's afraid that, like, Ramona would like more than him. Yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. And, like, that is a real thing to believe, like, because Scott isn't anything special really mm-hmm. like he's just a guy in a small band he lives with his roommate he doesn't really have anything going for him right. and there's all these like super important amazing people that want Ramona and for some reason she's choosing him yeah and that's I wish they would have talked about that more where his whole thing with Ramona is like can you just tell me who's going to fight me next mm-hmm. rather than 
why do you want to be with me? Like, look at all these people that want you. Yeah. And, I mean, I think that's a real insecurity a lot of people have in their relationships. Oh, for sure. For sure. I That's one thing, As when I was younger, I was just like, why doesn't Ramona just tell him who's going to kick his ass? Because, like, that should be fair to tell Scott who's going to try to kill him. But it really is the way he delivers it, where he's... He does. He doesn't make it about the fights. He mm-hmm. really makes it like it's her being a slut. Right. Like especially that line in mm-hmm. the freaking oh, after in the, party. In, in the after like, party where he's can like, "Can you tell there... me anyone in this room you haven't slept with?" Yeah, that's such, it's like that's that's the thing that you remember saying to your significant other that you immediately regret. Right. And it's what causes her to. No, when, when when he says that, I was like, "Oh that's no, like, dude, God, that was too far." That, yeah. And that what, that's what gets it to reactivate the Gideon chip. Yeah. And I noticed, because I, I knew about it watching it again, but, like, I imagine that it's always been on her and it has been active, but, like, that made her activate it again. Mm-hmm. And that's why Gideon said, like, without me, she wouldn't have been with you, and without you, she wouldn't have come back to me. Right. So it was him being an asshole that made her activate it again. Right. I feel like I had something <laughs> I was going to say about the relationship dynamic. It's definitely, the biggest question for me is what made Ramona want to, like, invite him over after their first date. Because she seemed completely uninterested. So I was, like, so confused why she'd immediately invite him over and, like, you know, get him in bed. It seems, it just seemed odd to me. Well, it's odd to me because I am Scott. (laughs) Because I'm like, why the fuck is she doing this? Uh, Yeah, I mean... I don't know. I really, I really can't tell if, like, she was just, like, bored and just, you know, wanted to... Or she saw something in Scott. I like the theory that she just wants somebody sincere and, like, who just is, likes her. Right. Kind of like... Because Scott acts like a kid the whole time. He's yeah. just like, I don't care about anything. I just like you. Can we kiss? Right. <laughs> and I yeah. feel like she... Or she says at the end, she's like, I just wanted something simple. And that is, like, reflective of what Scott wanted with knives. Right. Or it's, like, they just want something that is simple Mm -hmm. and that, like, goes to the person. I think it's interesting also. I didn't get to bring this up earlier, but, like, in the relationship with knives, it's, like, so one-sided. Like, it is completely one-sided and and knives is just, like... She's trying so hard and she doesn't do anything wrong. Yeah, no, it's it's to no fault of, of her own, but, like, it's... A completely unhealthy relationship because not only is it the like one-sided, but it's like she is like completely blowing him up and like inflating his ego. And I I feel like that's also part of the reason why he stays in that relationship is because of he that. Just, he just likes being told how cool he is. Right. I think I, that's also a reflection of, of like his insecurity too. Like he, so he's going to be staying in a rela- relationship where uh, he gets nothing of like positive, nothing but positive affirmations. He doesn't grow. Right. Right. And with with Ramona, it's like the relationship actually starts to feel way more real. Yeah. And, I mean, that is the desire is to have a partner that will, like, help you. Right. And, you know, that that loves you but won't always, you know, just be a yes person. Yeah. Like, she doesn't agree with him, like, all the time, but... Which, you know, in any healthy relationship, you don't agree with everyone all the time. Oh, God. Yeah, you don't want to have that one-sidedness. You want it to be, like, a back and forth. Yeah. yeah. I I really found it, like, nice when the Roxy fight started, when Ramona stood up to um, Roxy, because mm-hmm. I feel like that was their 
I think I think that was the remote like relationships like big point because before that she like tries to act aloof and like runs away every time an X fight starts and then after the fight with Todd like she can see like Scott is really trying and mm-hmm. then when the Roxy fight or when he's right. when he's complaining after the Todd fight she really does feel for him so she stands up to Roxy mm-hmm. herself in I think it's also fight. Yeah yeah I think that's a great point because I think it's also like a question of like why is he even like does he really want to be with this girl that badly when yeah. he's going to be fighting <laughs> all of her evil exes He's so nonchalant about it the whole time Yeah because he, he he says it like he has to do it regardless because he doesn't even see giving her up as an option. Right. He's just like, oh, I gotta fight more. Like, it's just something that I have to do. Like, or he, when she said, tells him, it's like, you may have to defeat my seven evil exes. He's just like, so does that mean we're dating? <laughs> <laughs> like, he's so optimistic. Right. And it's he and he, he gets the e- the email from from Matthew. Matthew. <laughs> he's like, this is and he's boring. like, he's like. It's such a it's such a good gag. Like, I have a question like, he, about that. He gasps when he's reading it. Yeah. He's like, "Oh, this is so boring." I, that wasn't the exact delivery, but I got like I was so confused watching it last night because I didn't understand how Matthew knew because they weren't dating at that point because he hadn't received his Amazon package yet, so they hadn't even gone out on a date. Like he knew just by her him stalking her at the party that he was after. <laughs> I think you just have to suspend your discipline. Yeah. I wasn't even thinking about that detail. I was just like, okay, this we're, we're living I feel in a, like in a heightened reality. Just, I feel like it was just the idea of like he was telling everybody, like asking everyone about Ramona, and just somehow... S- somehow he found him. out, yeah, yeah. Or like Gideon probably had eyes on anyone who even tried to get close to Ramona. Right, because there's like the Gideon track or whatever. Yeah. And he like at the party, he was asking everyone about it mm-hmm. that's one uh, a really good bit is the i forget how to say his name but the guy that knows everybody or he oh yeah he just walks up and he's like hey you know everybody right he's like yeah do you know a girl with hair like this and it's like a really it's like a really drawing yeah. and he's it's like, like oh, yeah no, that's Ramona Ramona flowers, flowers. <laughs> uh <laughs> oh there's so many good quotes in this movie i i uh, i can't think of any there actually no there was one there's one that was like not really one of the 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 super famous big quotes from this movie, but, like, uh, there's the one where it's, like, uh, Ramona and Scott are about to get into bed, and then she's like, what about the tea? Because they made tea beforehand, and then he, Scott's just like, I can not have tea. <laughs> like, I just, I just, it's such a genuine, like, thing yeah. when you're having that experience. Right. Just like, words. Yeah, and he's just, like, he's just, like, you know, so enamored, and he's just trying to get words out, and he's just like, he's he's, he's like trying to flirt too, and he's just like doing a bad job at it. And I'm like, Scott's yeah, I whole, feel I feel you right now. Scott's whole dialogue is so amazing. Yeah, just because he has the perfect like lack of speech. Yeah, of somebody in that position. And lastly, I think I just want to talk about I when they first go to the rocket for the battle of the bands, they mm. have that scene where they all like look at each other and like everyone is having the triangle moment. And my favorite part about that is when they're introducing each other and is like this is like Wallace's gay roommate and he's like hi and they're like this is my boyfriend. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great great piece of foreshadowing. <laughs> Wallace is just such Funny I love Wallace. Wallace is great. 
No, but then um, oh, there's there's that there's that scene where it's like and and uh, he brings Ramona to to that to that place, and then we see knives just like run up and stalk them. Yeah, just. Well, run up. Oh wait, and, no, the, the kiss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is like such a fucking awkward moment. Yeah, that was like, oh god. It's like, but, how the hell am I gonna get out of this? Yeah, but what I didn't really understand is like, uh, so Ramona was there, and Ramona, Ramona sees this, but like, she doesn't do anything. About she doesn't do anything about it, and like, it's later on, someone says to her like, why didn't you tell Ramona about knives in reference? But it makes it made it seem like that scene didn't happen, or that Ramona didn't know. I feel like somehow they could – she just didn't – because, I mean, a, a kiss can mean different things. It usually means a relationship, but maybe it's just, like, a close friend or, like – I suppose, a, yeah, yeah. Or adopted cousin. Like, it could have been – I could see it being interpreted differently, especially because it wasn't – it was like a peck. It wasn't, like, fucking making out. Right. Yeah, yeah, But yeah, sure. you could see everyone was, like, that I, wasn't uh, normal. <laughs> And he got lucky that she passed out <laughs> when yeah. they started playing. Like they had that for like she, she missed the, the entire fight. <laughs> they play the whole like performance thing or in his head like appears above them. It's like this is a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, oh my! And the the band that plays before that crashing the boys. <laughs> oh my god! It's is like, that girl song is, too? Yes. There's um. <laughs> Is uh, the song that they play is uh, We Are I'm So Sad. We, we, this is, it is so very, very, very sad. sad. It goes a little something like this. <laughs> so sad. This isn't a race, fellas. <laughs> it's I, I like a two-second song. I don't know who the actor is that's the main one in that band, but I know him from something. And I love him. I'm not. I'm not sure, but like that. <laughs> so sad. Or, or while they're playing their second song, and like, um, oh my god, how, what's the name of the guitar player in the band again? In that band, or well, in well no, it's not Sex Bomb. In Sex Bomb, uh, Steven Stills. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, I love it when they're playing their second song and Steven's. Steven is just, like, shouting, and they give him, like, the text dialogue so you can understand what he's saying over the noise. Right. And he's just like, God damn it, Scott, stop just standing there. You're freaking me out. <laughs> and he's right behind him, and Scott's not even, like, knowing he's there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's so many good visual gags in this. Like, every time that uh, either Knives or Ramona would say that he needs a haircut, that his hair is shaggy, <laughs> like, is it? <laughs> and it's just a cut with him with a hat on. <laughs> It happened so many times and it got me every single time. <laughs> or like when Ramo- I remember when Morano says it, he's just like, it would be better long, isn't it? He comes back with a hat. He's like, what? <laughs> it is? No. What do you mean? Let's go on a walk. Yeah. <laughs> or the freaking song he writes for her. Or he's like, oh, it'll be great when it's finished. Finish? <laughs> uh, yeah. It's so weird to relate to a character like that so much. Yeah. Like asshole characters in movies, yeah. and you relate to them. It's like, well, am, am I am I just as bad? Like, am I my shitty person? Like in this movie, in um, me and Earl and the Dying Girl, which I love, mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of other movies. I watch after watching The Irishman, like seeing all of their title cards appear, reminded me of like in The Irishman when it shows like how they die. Oh yeah, I don't know. Just every time they show up, where it's like they have their weird like stat card of like mm-hmm. Scott Pilgrim 
awesome. Or Steven Stills, the, the talent. Yeah. <laughs> and for some reason, like, Knives doesn't get any billing. <laughs> it's just nice job. I'll leave it with one last just small thing that I noticed that made me happy is when Scott goes to the bathroom to in the like the pee bar goes down and he comes out in the locker scene. Two things about that is that that's a whole like that's a regular shot. They didn't cut anywhere in it. So I imagine that the bathroom is like a separate set piece and it was on like a rotating like object. So Mm. he walks in from the set of their living room. It closes the door. He goes pee while the whole thing is rotating. And then he comes out in the hallway of the middle school. Oh, that's so true. That's what I think yeah. that was. And the second thing in that exact scene, when he washes his hands, he does something I love where he just washes in for two seconds, like no soap, no anything, and then wipes it on his shirt, his pants, and then just touches two towels and then leaves. It's such a mood of going to the bathroom. He, just, I can't bother. <laughs> he, he pees so fast. Yeah. How how does he that that's always just, something uh, that I've noticed just, in this movie is he just pees so fast it's like uh, you can't do that <laughs> and so if that's really true because that whole scene in the bathroom is maybe ten seconds mm-hmm. like they would have had to do all that in ten seconds yeah that's just, so cool. I was just wondering how's he not like tumbling over <laughs> I, I, that's the only way I can see that unless the bathroom is still and they're rotating the set around it but I feel like that's impractical yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't really think about that, but, but there's no there's no place where there would be a cut, really. Yeah. Yeah. Because the only cut is after he already opens the door and walks into the hallway. So the hallway has right. to be because there. It's, the it's whole just, hallway might not be there, it's but just, something has It's to just be a there. shot that like, it pulls back when, when he walks in, and then it's just it's just static there, and then he opens the door in it. Yeah. That's, that's so true. There's so much effort put into yeah. this entire movie. Edgar Wright is just His, wild. Especially the transitions. Dude. And all the visual stuff and like all the all the gags and all the editing and like there's just something that you will notice every single time you watch this movie and something else that you'll appreciate. And it's just really, really, really good. Like all Ed Great movies are. Like my favorite thing that he does is when he does the um back and forth shot of people talking and then when it comes back to the other person it's a completely different scene right like when him and knives are walking and then knives says something Scott answers and then it goes back to her mm-hmm. and then they're outside right walking and she's in the exact spot that yeah in. that blows me away every time Edgar Wright does great like routine shots where it's like um or routine scenes where it's uh he does that a few times in like uh hot fuzz and yeah. where it's like like these are someone's routine like like what they what they do every single day and like it, it's elevated to a point where it's like it almost seems exciting like in hot fuzz it's like he's just doing paperwork yeah. and it's edited <laughs> in the most like action packed way possible and it's so great and then this it's like it's really well it's it, the the one instance of it I, I really appreciate is all the times with knives where it's like with their their routine is like they go to the record store and then they'll go to the yeah. arcade after school and they go to goodwill yeah yeah, yeah. it's the routine um, yeah yeah and it's like it's it shows like by by showing it repeating and repeating it shows like the uh, just how drastic the fall off was for like how, how invested yeah. he is in this relationship like like especially the the scene in the in the DDR where he's just like he not just even trying anymore. anymore but beforehand it was like literally like they were like flipping over each other gymnastics was, yeah it was yeah really Edgar Wright is just like. Even if it, it, it you know, seems obvious to explain, like, Edgar Wright is just such a brilliant mm-hmm. visual storyteller. 
I love the scene right before they go to the party mm-hmm. when they when he meets Ramona at the party. Um, it reminds me of this thing that I call like the save point idea where there's certain points in like your day when you'll just become like you'll come back. You're like, oh, I'm existing right now. And, mm-hmm. I, and that's like when you've reached the auto save point, I think. And I feel like Scott goes through that on the way to the party because after the DDR thing, he'll be, he was playing and then it's like, he, you see Steven come in from the side and they're immediately at the sidewalk. And then, right. and then you see things happen and he like flashes, like he doesn't know time is passing, but he just like wakes up again right. at a different point in the day. And that reminded me of just like that, because I feel like that's just like, oh, I remember I'm existing again. I'm not yeah. just on autopilot. Right, right. But those tra- I, the, specifically that sequence is the best use of that transition because like people say something and then or Scott will say something and then the response will be from the other scene. Yeah. Where like they're in the band room and he's just like, he says, you didn't play enough for that song. He's like, oh yeah, what are we doing? And then it cuts them on the street. It's like we're going to the party, duh. Yeah, I'm just yeah. like, oh my god, it's such a good film. It's such, such a cool, plays with so many senses of, of time and reality. And <laughs> I, I, I love movies that do that too. Like, this, this, these would be my, my closing thoughts because we're running low on time. But um, I love movies that, that do that, like, uh, that are, uh, portray its sense of, the sense of world and sense of reality in, like, such, such a heightened sense. And then it's actually saying something real about something real. Like, this does it with, you know, obviously, like, relationships where it's in this heightened video game kind of world. Not really, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and something like, I always talk about Sorry to Bother You, but, like, it's one of my favorite movies ever where it's like this. Have you ever seen Sorry to Bother You? No. Okay, so it's basically, it's a, it's a weird, crazy comedy satire about capitalism. I love it so much. I mean, that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this is wild, and it's, 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 the world building is crazy, and it's just, but it's, it's commenting about like about all these capitalistic forces tearing apart you know the working class so it's talking about something real in like america but it's doing so in such a heightened sense i love movies that that will do that i think while you know that's not really entirely the same as scott pilgrim it's yeah. this, it's the same idea it's, con- it's like it's conveying a real idea through yeah comedy and yeah i think that's a great way i feel like um jojo rabbit's probably like that i haven't seen it i yet. love jojo rabbit i don't know if jojo rabbit is like I don't know if entirely to, entirely the same. But I don't like, know if it tries to convey anything because I haven't seen it, but I know it's, it's got that heightened feel. It's it does it does have a heightened feel for sure for sure. It, it yeah 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 I'd say so. Yeah. Joe Rabbit's really good. I, I need to I love see that it. Movie. It's on my list. Really love that movie. It's it's in my top ten of the year so far. I bet. Yeah, but I think that's our closing thoughts actually. Yeah, thank and, you uh, for having me on. Yeah, no problem. Uh, you can check out our podcast. Uh, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And then you can check out our Facebook page at UW Film Club and then our Twitter and Instagram at Film Club UW. Uh, thank you again, Peyton, for showing up. Yeah. This was great. <laughs> I love I loved you watching this movie. I'm glad you brought it. Same. We'll catch you guys next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>